1: Hello there. This is the Beluga Tunes podcast. Andy here. Thank you so much for deciding to listen to this thing. Yeah. Uh, oh, must must run to my notes. Here we go. Um, the the film I will be talking about this week is Five Easy Pieces. It's a quirky Jack Nicholson film from 1970. Uh, I also talk about uh, a drawing of Judy from uh, Zootopia that, that I did, which a lot of people seem to like quite a lot (laughs) and it's made me realize that maybe i should put more stuff on twitter (laughs) because people seem to to like fan art i don't know um uh, beluga weekly number 22 remember that one i'm counting on you to remember that well yeah that that is one thing that i talk about um because that was one that i i was not very happy with wasn't it yeah i think I think that's right. I always lose track of where I am. I think this week is going to be the one that I'm not happy with, and next week will be one that I am. The other thing is, the weeks just go by too quickly. It doesn't seem like two weeks ago when I was talking about that before. But yeah, uh, there is also a six-minute shout-out, and I can't tell you what that is. And, you know, Give away the surprise. I have done that before. That that was a disaster. But anyway, so um, um, all of that and a little bit more coming up. Uh, and, again, uh, Five Easy Pieces, this was the film, so this is, this is the f- the first segment we're about to get on to. You'll be able to hear what I thought about Five Easy Pieces, uh, and after that, I shall reveal what the next film is going to be. Right, so this was a film starring uh, Jack Nicholson, Karen Black, Billy Greenbush, and several others. Yeah, um, and it was a 70s film. And I think I'm finding that uh, I don't really know my 70s films, because it seems like a a film would come along that I've never actually heard of before, and it usually turns out to be a 70s film. Yeah, because I, I, I wasn't really aware of westworld until i i watched it for the, this podcast so this was another one that i never seen never heard of um and it was interesting i mean it's it's one of those things where i i feel like uh the the kind of style that they were going for was something quite unconventional um because it, it it wasn't, I suppose it wasn't done like a kind of mockumentary style, but there was a certain believability to that. And I say that because, um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a very special type of believability. Sorry about the noise outside. <laughs> um, hopefully that's not going <laughs> to prove too distracting. Um. But uh, a special type of believability where the characters don't necessarily um, talk in the the most n- most normal sorts of way. But you almost wonder, does that make it more realistic or less realistic? Or at least that's what I that's what's going through my head because it's the kind of dialogue where, like, maybe this is. The, the type of thing like the that the, the would go on in these types of situations is not something that I've ever thought of um, Jack Nicholson is, is really good at being likeable even when he's playing unlikable characters and that seems to be pretty much his career because when you think about it so many of his um most famous roles involve him being kind of either, either the villain or that's just, but I suppose a, a lot of his films, he's, he's just like, he's a guy who's, who's definitely flawed in some way, but he makes a good and anth- a good protagonist, even though he's, yeah, he's more like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I enjoyed his performance. Um, there, there was this. Uh, I, as I say, I, I feel like it, it was, it was deliberately done in, a, in a style that, that, that doesn't quite, um, it, you know, it, it, it's, it, uh, it's unconventional because I, I felt like they wanted to set it up, set, set the scenes up so that they, um. They, they, they didn't appear to be important. I think this is actually part of the rewatch value. There are certain scenes where you're thinking, well, that could just, that that could be taken out. We don't really need to see this. Um, but once again, we're looking at a film that, that does things in a different sort of way, and I, I thought that was what was very interesting about Intolerance, Love Struggle Through the Ages, the silent film, because that was such an early example of telling a story in a... Um, A very different kind of fashion um so with this film you have so many moments where it's like are we just we're just observing what's going on in these people's lives even if it 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 doesn't relate to the plot but there is significance there there is um it i think it it helps us empathize and, and and relate to what the characters are going through uh, because there are so many random moments, and some that just make you think, "What? Why? Why did I need to hear that?" <laughs> um, and and it, it's funny how so many of these little moments, in in a funny sort of way, uh, brought me to the conclusion that would I watch this film again? Yes, I would. I, Actually, quite like to watch it again at some point. I might give myself a bit of time and, and sort sort of um, make it a bit more of a refreshed uh, second viewing. Uh, I don't know. There's something about uh, waiting, giving it a, enough time, so that it, it's almost like seeing again for the, seeing it for the first time. But yeah, I um, I, I found it very intriguing how a, a lot of the film had me thinking why did they feel the need to show us all this stuff that's stuff going on like you've got Jack Nicholson spontaneously getting out of a car in a traffic jam getting on top of another vehicle that has a piano on it and playing the piano and it's because it's not uh, you know like it it sounds like the kind of thing you'd see in like magical mystery tour or something but it, it it's not like that it's, it's a lot better it's it, it it it's still quite a um a tightly written narrative anyway so that was uh, five easy pieces so another great discovery there i've actually been introduced to a lot of very good films um so now tell me internet what film will I be talking about and giving my, my thoughts on uh, in next week's episode? Whatever Works 2009 What's red and smells like blue paint? Red paint. Yep, now you're getting it. It's six minute shout out time, people, so let's spin the internet wheel and see where it lands. It does take a little while because it's a massive wheel. Uh, it's actually there. I'm not making this up. Where's it going to land? it's going to land on something, something good? Hopefully. <laughs> Alright, it's stopping. Eily um, Monty, right? Eily Monty. I've already just. <laughs> the funny thing is that I've already just learned how to surname properly. Go. I thought her name was Ellie Monty um, or, uh, before. Be, uh, <laughs> Because uh, I I mainly just knew her for the uh, song parodies that she did. Um, she does song parodies, but also she does lots of covers. The thing that uh, got me thinking I, I should talk about her in, on the podcast is um, her cover of "Goodbye Moon Men" from uh, Rick and Morty, because uh, she she has an amazing voice, and it, it's it's a very very original sounding version. It's it's an acoustic, um, just, just just kind of simple guitar with some vocals. Uh, very different to uh, Jermaine Clement's version in in the original episode. Um, so yeah, uh, and that song alone, I thought was yeah. You know, I listened to it and it just made me think. Yeah yeah, you know, I, I I should I should. Uh, Give a shout out, you know, <laughs> um, and because I started subscribing because she's been involved in a lot of My Little Pony related projects, so uh, that, that was something that I caught my attention. She does a, a, a absolutely spot on impression of Granny Smith. There's actually a, a parody of Shake It Off by Taylor Swift in which she does. Um, the Granny Smith voice and it's very funny. Um yeah and uh I I also didn't realise um until after I'd, I'd seen several several of her videos that uh, uh she's British, apparently. Um because uh, yeah, I I I I couldn't quite tell because she's always doing voices like characters from American shows and Oh, um, yeah, and so th- that that was interesting. Just found out her her Facebook page is not available. Link may be broken or the page may have been removed. Yeah, um, I suppose I sh- I should watch more of her videos. I'll, I'll give you an idea. Like I said, she's done Rick and Morty videos, My Little Pony videos, uh, Minecraft videos. The um, Five Nights at Freddy's related stuff, uh, Star Wars uh, lots and lots of different things yeah um, so I, I I feel like I should check out more of her work <laughs> this is the thing I, I often find that I talk about a YouTube channel, I kind of have to go by what I'm looking at right now and, and be like yeah, they've done this and Lots of things that I haven't quite got around to looking at, but um, but everything I've seen from her is is just just been wonderful. I. Yeah, I, um, she, she's really talented, great voice actor, great musician. there's a cover of the Tiny Rick song? Another Rick and Morty one there. Um, Five Nights at Freddy's TV sized cover below for more info and download links. Oh yeah she she collaborated with Living Tombstone on that one. That that's that's impressive. Yeah because Living Tombstone did some Five Nights at Freddy's stuff I, I seem to recall. Um yes uh I'm Nerdy that's a song parody uh Doubleicious. <laughs> Doublishious ponies <laughs> Yeah um and uh, so so yeah, um she's put a lot of up- update videos and videos from conventions that she's been to on this channel. Uh yeah, so to get to it it's Eile Monty V A. Eiley is spelled E I L E Monty and then V A. That's her channel. Uh, well, she's on um, Twitter as well. It's with, with, at uh, Ily Monty. Uh, she has an IMDb apparently as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see, because I, I I I'm not aware of the, the, the stuff that she's been in. Well, it was on Pokemon the Bridged series? Didn't know that. <laughs> Suicide Squad abridged. So are, are these are these web? with basically I, I don't know if these are, are, are <laughs> TV shows or if they're just just internet only. Well, yeah. Um, anyway, so Eileen uh, Monty, really talented person. So go check her out.
0: Arrest that jazz pancake! Yes, sir! We got the fump. Um, give up the fump. Ladies and gentlemen, comedy fans of all ages, Fump Fest is back! Featuring performances by 2D6, Carrie Dolby, Tim Kavanaugh, TiVo Spice, Dino Mike, The Goth The Library Bars, Megathruster, Rob Paravonian, Sea Monkey, Zach Shornick, Tom Smith, and Worm Quartet. And this year's guest of honor. Paul and Storm. George R.R. R. Martin, please ride and write faster. Please give us coiled leather and sigils and steel. Funkfest is taking place August 26th through 28th at the Elk Grove Holiday Inn in Chicago, Everett, Illinois. Tickets for the weekend are just $50. Join us for live concerts, panels, even more dumb parody ideas, <laughs> demented karaoke, and the death of Sea Monkey.
1: Paul and Storm, Paul and Storm, Paul and Storm.
0: Please don't flash the talk. Visit funfest.com to register for the event and reserve your hotel now. That's F U M P F E S T.com.
1: I seem to have a collection of Beluga Weekly episodes that just didn't work. And these would have to be the uh, Bluebird Group comics. Um, there was a, a, a group of characters that I introduced, let's see, this would have been May 2009. Um, their first appearance was Beluga Weekly number twenty-two. Uh, and again, this goes back to when I was trying to to keep things topical. Uh, and I I, f- I heard something about Twitter starting a thing called Twitter TV, which I've I've actually done a little Google search for. Yeah. Um, and I I, uh, I never actually. I don't think I got all the information, because I, I, I don't think I ever knew what was meant by Twitter TV uh, But I, I I thought, well, there's something out there that I could work with Let's see, Twitter, they have a bird as their um, mascot uh, I'll uh, take, take that bird and Somehow I thought the, the colour blue. That seems to be Twitter's you know default colour, and, and and I just thought Bluebird Group, Blue Man Group, kind of <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. So the um, I I just did this one panel comic that was parody of the Blue Blue Man Group with Bluebirds. Um. So it just says Twitter TV is proud to present the bluebird group chasing the blues away this summer. Um clearly I could not think of a joke. It's just <laughs> just a pun. Um yeah, it's it's like um on the on the back cover of the first first issue of uh, new stuff uh, I did a, a devo parody and it was Bevo Um because they're beavers, this version. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I thought it was a funny pun. Uh, but I think now I, I I tried to just... To not make that the only joke on the page. Because um, I, I ended up putting the Bluebird group... And I, I thought because as the Blue Man group... Are three guys who never actually talk. They just do things... I thought that this is an example of visual humour, and I, I need to, to get better at at working on humour that doesn't uh, rely completely on uh, on on speech. So I uh, I would use them to to experiment with visual humour, and I suppose I I can probably talk about these in future episodes, because there were several others where I was really trying to to push these characters, and I think yeah hopefully i can i can come up with some funny material and and not not have any dialogue at all so i won't have, won't have to um to write anything in like put any talk balloons on there um and it proved a lot harder than i imagined and i suppose the thing is i managed to get something done but it was always really hard to think of a joke you know and i i suppose it, it it just led to me, um, just not coming up with a joke at all. And yeah, uh, I, I I think and I, I it's something that I still I, I, I still do rely a lot on verbal humour. It's, it's, um, it's it I, I find that when I'm writing because I've I've had a lot of difficulty actually sitting down and writing scripts recently. Because um, that's not the that, that's never the part where I want to start. It should be like you know, I should be doing that. I realise that you know, doing it by the book means doing it um, with uh, a proper, fully thought out script. Uh, but then I just remind myself, drawing is the only thing that I'm genuinely good at. So I, <laughs> I I'm just, I'm still doing this as a hobby. I don't. I don't want to, to take the fun out of it, so I'm just going to do things my way because, because that, that's the best thing I can do, really. Um, so, yeah, um, they were pretty much an experiment and I retired them because it just occurred to me eventually that I you know, this isn't going to work. <laughs> it, it was a an idea, like it was good to have like a vehicle for, as I said, doing visual humour and experimenting with that, doing something that I wasn't actually used to doing, but it, it didn't, they, they they were not good characters, <laughs> and they, this, this is, there are only a handful of characters I've, I've created that I've just decided I'm, I'm just going to retire, I'm going to retire them and ne- never bring them back. <laughs> I won't even explain exactly where they've gone. I'll just just act like they were never there to begin with. But here I am talking about them once again. Well, on the bright side, we now get cable. I'm just thinking back to uh, when I was talking about uh, Five Easy, easy Pieces uh, and how there are a lot of moments in that film where you almost feel like, couldn't that have been taken out? Um, but at the same time you kind of enjoy the fact that these scenes that are in, are in it because it, it just adds a certain charm to it. And it got, it actually, uh, this morning, uh, I, I was just thinking about how it reminds me of this, one of the nostalgia critic editorials. Um, it's called, is the big Lebowski a masterpiece? Uh, and how the, the um, the big Lebowski is an example of a film where, um, Structure-wise, it's kind of a gigantic waste of time. Yet people love that film, and it's it's like um, the, it, it it's fascinating how there there are some films where you where where, where it's, it, it's it's very much a bad thing. It's always considered a bad thing if if it um doesn't have a satisfactory ending if it doesn't actually have a, a, a payoff well, a strong payoff or any payoff at all um, so yeah uh, because I, I didn't actually watch The Big Lebowski until after I saw this editorial and it, it just seemed fascinating to me because it's a comedy film but it there, there is this, this very interesting uh, structure to it because you have a lot of things going on, like a, a series of events that look as though you, they're going to lead to something big, but they they don't exactly. Um, and I suppose I was saying, before, I think what I, what I did find with Five Easy Pieces is it it did get me thinking about how. Life is very chaotic. So for for some people in the world, I don't know. This might actually be pretty accurate. It, it might be there's probably something very relatable to that, because in in life we we don't always get that payoff that we need. And um, so yeah, I I have a feeling that that's why it's enjoyable because you have the you have so many moments in films like these where. Uh, it it it's like you know, I, I suppose it's what makes them memorable. Is how they're just like chaotic moments, um, no explanation as to why why they're there. Just <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of uh, the Big Lebowski, um, I actually I tweeted something which seemed to get a a big reaction from Big Lebowski and. Zootopia fans Uh, It's a a picture of Judy Hopps uh, Dressed like Dude Lebowski And I I did this because Since I saw the film I was just thinking about how In Zootopia um, Judy's father Refers to her as Jude the Dude In a couple of scenes And I just got this image of of Judy in, In in the kind of jeff bridges you know, the dude costume and um so yeah um that's on my twitter at Belugatoons um yeah and people seem to like it i it's had uh, quite it's had quite a positive actually I, I don't really usually get this sort of volume of of uh, responses for my tweets so that, <laughs> i must be doing something right there <laughs> yeah um so I'm I'm thinking I should actually because I I post a lot of things to um, Instagram, um, but I, I should I should probably put them on Twitter as well because that seems to get more of a reach. My, my Twitter because I I do have a lot more followers. I think on Twitter than I do Instagram. I'm pretty sure. I think that's right. <laughs> I haven't actually checked my Instagram for a while. I might do that now. But yeah, um, and also I suppose. Uh people, just generally people do seem to be more willing to to retweet things and yeah. Um yeah, one hundred and fifty seven followers on my Instagram and um two hundred and twenty nine followers on Twitter. Yeah. Um <laughs> Your tweet activity, your tweets earned 2,119 impressions over the last 24 hours So yeah, a bit of a spike Thanks to my my bit of fan art Yeah, I should, I should probably do that I should probably put more fan art on, on Twitter That's what I've learned from that experience All Right, uh Go on, <laughs> What else do I Oh yeah, because I, I usually talk about cow's play in this section, don't I not really much to report. <laughs> yeah, I I I'd like to. Um, uh, I I did a yoga hoses cows play recently because yoga hoses is is coming out um, sometime in the near future, I believe. Because I I don't yet know when it's going to be released in the UK, so um, maybe when I find out that information, I'll make that the date that I put up the cows <laughs> the, the cows play. Um, yeah, and and that might also be when I. I continue with, uh, Cow's Play Season 3. I have fallen, and
0: I choose not to get up!
1: Well, the time has very nearly come for me to send you all on your merry way, so I'll try and make this quick. Comic Book Club, Southampton, um, the third Thursday of every month, which means we've got one coming up shortly, that'll be the, uh, 16th, I believe? I'm pretty sure I have got that right, the 16th of June. Um, that's the next one. Um, yeah, uh, not long to go. Uh, it's uh, it, it, it. It starts at seven pm and usually ends about ten pm. Uh, it's at the uh, Goblets Wine Bar on Above Bar Street, Southampton. They they have a Twitter at CBC Sotten. You can go there for updates. Also, you can go to their Facebook page Comic Book Club Southampton. Right. Um, BelugaToons.com. That's my website. B-e-l-u-g-a-t-w-o-n-s. Yeah, and that's uh, that's where you go to find uh, Beluga Weekly and Cow's Play and information on the new stuff comic book. Actually, I, I'm. I think I. I'm, I may have forgotten to update that section, the, the new stuff, <clears throat> new stuff comic section. Uh, because, yeah, I I haven't updated it since Christmas. so I should should do that at some point. Um but yeah, um there's also my Twitter at Beloogatoons and there's also at Baloo Podcast for, for updates on uh, on this, this uh this podcast and uh I have a Redbubble store, belugatoons.redbubble.com. dot redbubble dot com. That's where you can get go that's where you can go to find T shirts, mugs, all kinds of merch. You can get pillowcases as well and things like that. Uh, It's cool. Um, uh, Anything else? Yeah, uh, this podcast is available to download on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, and Deezer. And I'm also putting one episode each week up on SoundCloud. So there you go. Take care, everybody. And bye bye.